Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, well, I guess we're taking it away. (laughs) We're coming to you from the past. Cyberspace. Woo! We're getting ready also for that wonderful time of the year that we just absolutely adore. Samhain. Yes, but that's not what this show's about. No. <laughs> no, we are we are coming to you from the past. So, as this show is airing, I will be helping my adorable stepson and his adorable fiance get their wedding set up, which will be happening tomorrow. In the future. The future, the future tomorrow that is not tomorrow today. Right. Oh, so, yeah, you know, this is really meta. It's really meta. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, so technically we get to always say what did we do this week, and right. obviously there isn't a whole lot to be able to say since we will not have been this week. <laughs> Yes, yes, which this whole conversation is amazingly perfect for what our topic is today, but I don't want to give anything away yet, so we're, we're, so I can only say at this moment in whatever time frame we choose, I will say, how do you feel at this moment? Tired. Tired. I'm very tired. It's been a weird week. Um. 
Yeah, I taught a lot. I mentioned this last week, you know, coming to you from the past that is the future or whatever the hell we're talking about. Um, I I taught a lot over the Mm -hmm. previous weekend, and I don't think I've quite recovered from that. Mm -hmm. I've been sleeping well. Normally I don't sleep well during the full moon, and I can't blame that because it's not a full moon right now. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm a little off. A little sleepy, a little, I'm hungry. Like I'm just full of tourist complaints. I'm tired and hungry. I want someone to pet me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, uh, I could always come over and do what I do with my dogs and go scratch, scratch, scratch. But I think we'll leave it at that. We'll 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 pet you in the ether. There you go. Okay. Yeah. 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 How are you? Oh well, you know, it's about as as do I want to use the word chaotic. <laughs> Um, it's been an interesting time frame. I, it's really, there's a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out about a friend who is um, looking at moving from here, and I think she's been a Bay Area person, so it's not just northern, you know, Santa Rosa area, but Bay Area. She is going to be moving to Ohio. And the reason she's moving to Ohio mm-hmm. is what a lot of us that are out there with mid-range economics is that it's too expensive to stay here. Right. And so she went back to this place, and she is a society of creative anachronism participant and, so you know, Wiccan and alternative. And so she decided she had this place that she wanted to go look at. So she started, and she has a friend of hers who's, I mean, they're not relationship, they're just friends, and he is also one of the people in the group, and, and I didn't realize until I was reading Facebook that both of them went off to check this whole thing out, and both of them are going to go. Okay. And, you know, I mean, her family has passed, her mother, her father just recently passed, and so she's, you know, her ties in terms of family yeah. are not here, and ex ex husbands and stuff are, are, you know, off in the past. Mm-hmm. So, but I realized that's, you know, the there's a flow. And, I mean, obviously I have been consciously looking at where my daughter lives. And that being the case, it just sort of made me think of the changes that are in the wind. I don't know exactly when, right. but the changes. Right. So that's been my experience mm-hmm. with the for the time frame that's not really there but will be there. <laughs> In the future that is the past that is the future. Right. We are actually doing Back to the Future but without the DeLorean. I want the DeLorean. I really do. <laughs> they're really expensive. I know, and they're also very expensive <laughs> to take care of. I've I've gone the I want I want a beautiful fun toy that's like so cool and of course with that comes all of the uncool repairs right. and problems. Right. Yeah. Yes. So with that mundane statement, we have magic and the tradition of Discordian. Discordia. Discordianism. Discordian, yes. It's with all of it. The fact that we're both kind of punchy is perfect <laughs> for this topic. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, yeah. And maybe do I want to get into some real deep thought that by working on this, we really tapped into that process yeah. rather than just it know. being out there and we sort of flopped there around. You know, I have to admit, before my research, I thought dis- Discordians practiced 
chaos magic. Right. So I thought the two, and there is some truth to that statement, but that is not always the case. Exactly. And so I feel like I I learned I learned something very new and interesting today, and I had been making an assumption about Discordians and chaos magicians and thinking that they were one and the same, and they are not. That is. They are not. A revelation. It, it really was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I went in not even knowing what the heck I was talking about with Discordian or chaos magic. I knew um, one of my past associates yeah. used to practice chaos magic, uh. and I had no idea what the heck it was, and he didn't really make a lot of conversation about it because our crossover was actually, which sort of makes you an interesting situation, Hecate mm. is how we kind of connected in a in right. ritual on that. Right. So I was like, okay, but now I know more about chaos magic. Nice. Yes. So, so do we want to start with Discordian or with Chaos? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, the yeah. questions that witches ask each other. I know, I know. Yeah. Probably the older of the two is Chaos. Magic. Okay. So let's go with that. All right, let me turn my pages <laughs> to the Chaos pages. We are inveterate note takers. I am the old school. I like to write things down, and it makes it sort of have a track in my head. Yeah. And I know that watching uh, Phoenix, she does hers with the computer. Yeah. And I'm I'm fascinated that both of us have those notes yes. that we are, are watching and reading and checking on and, and picking yeah. up, but it's the different type, and I can tell I'm really old. Uh, well, I usually have one or two pages, and it's mostly bullet points, like things I want to remember that will help launch my brain and right. subject, right? But when we do it on a tradition, because mm-hmm. we've been doing this series, right? Th- this show is another in the series on, on different traditions, Um there's just so much information, and because I don't necessarily know the tradition in my bread, bread, no, breath, she's blood, I am, and bone, since I don't know it, like, right. I, like I know some other traditions, right. I don't, I want to have all the things. Exactly. So I've got like eight pages of notes. Yeah, same here. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just full of that, and whether we use all of this or not, it's the idea yeah. that there's so much when you start working in that way. Right. So, um, that's so, that. So, chaos. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Bring it in. But just for this radio show. And just in the time sent, uh, time area. Yeah. We, we need it on that. Yeah. So, basically, who put it together? That's an excellent question. Go for it. I don't know. <laughs> well, when we were talking before the show started, you mentioned something about the 50s it started in the um, well from what I'm able to determine yeah um 19 well actually where are we here as we run back and forth it's we have Alistair Crowley yeah and he's kind of way in the farther back there and he kind of wanders through with all of the different things um yeah I think we you could safely say that although Alistair Crowley is an influence on many chaos magic. Oh, yeah, on many magical systems in general, but specifically on chaos magic. Um, although he is probably not the creator no, he's not of the, the modern system, 
he is highly influential in it. Right. Uh, what I have in my notes, and I am curious if you have other information in your notes, was it was uh, born in England in the early 70s. Yes, you're right. I make a mistake. I stand correct. No worries. And it was Peter Carroll and Ray Sherwin. Yes. And they came together and sort of created this system, um, which is all about chaos. Yeah, but there's some really cool shit within that. Like, um, I love sigils and sigils. The way I just I teach people how to do sigils, and I have a couple introductory workshops around sigils. But sigils is basically a magical symbol that represents something much larger, bigger, or longer than that one symbol. Right. You know. Right. So. It's a way to do a spell. You can make runic sigils where you layer runes on top of each other to create a symbol that represents a much longer sentence or or meaning. So it's a way to hide or condense a magical spell or a magical sentence or a, or a um, ritual or whatever uh-huh. into this one symbol. And apparently... Sigil magic is a really big deal in chaos magic. Yes, and it is. I didn't know that either. No, I might have kind of been blown in my research about chaos magic this morning. So of course, it's it's definitely a dynamic system that you know is extremely sensitive to basically uh, one's internal conditions. So right. it's, it's very personal to the magician. Yeah, I mean there are highlights, but people really make this a personal religion or a personal, yeah. you know, tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and uh, they obviously wrote, a co- you know, a few books here just because, you know, everybody does that to try and figure out what's the basis of their, yeah, their belief system. Yeah, there's a lot of books, actually, which is quite interesting yeah. for a system that has no real... <laughs> Structure. Uh, so yeah, structure, organization. Right. You know, that there's a lot about it. Right, right. Well, I know that, for instance, we have um, basically in 1978, Carolyn Sherwin founded the Illuminates of Sana Taurus, also known as Chaos Magic. Mm-hmm. And that's the IOT. Right, and the IOT still is in existence. Um in one of the early days of the IOT, if you wanted to join the IOT and become, so this is the closest thing to structure that chaos magicians right. are connected to, mm-hmm. um, you're supposed to invent your own magical style. Right. You're supposed to in, basically invent your own system of magic. And you have to create specifically your own banishing ritual mm-hmm. in order to get into the IOT organization. So it's pretty interesting. It's um, it's complete belief in the thing you're doing right now. Exactly. So you can borrow from different traditions. You can t- paste and copy and steal and borrow and whatever. And but but the belief is a tool. Exactly. And so you have to completely immerse yourself into that belief for that purpose, and then you let it go and move on to potentially a completely opposite belief for your next work mm-hmm. and sink mm-hmm. into that belief. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's sort of, um, well, I mean, it's chaotic, and it fucks with the concepts of what we think of as right. paganism and witchcraft as we 
developed this, we follow a magical system and tradition. Yes. It and it turns that on its head. Right. And I, it was done specifically for that purpose to basically take and deconstruct and at that time deconstruct structured religious churches and, right. and belief systems. Right. And from that, they, of course, because of the revival of the pagan traditions and, and all of the things around that, they were also doing it in opposition to that, too. Right. So you're right. It, and I think they, it, they use mathematics, they use physics, they use things that are much more um, head, but they only do it for that purpose to create what they want. Right. Right, and I want to say something too. I have two, well, two things. One, I want to read the actual landing page on the Illuminati's of Thanateros. Right, Thanateros. Okay, yeah. I want to read that, but I also want to say the thing about chaos magicians is um, ceremonial magicians, magicians as an umbrella term, is a little bit different than a witch uh-huh. or a, a pagan. Even uh-huh. uh, magicians use uh, the goal is to practice magic, the art of changing consciousness at will. So it's not always about religion or spirituality. Uh-huh. It's about magic. Uh-huh. So it's an interesting spin. It's not exactly, we're, we're talking about these traditions that, well, specifically chaos magic is not a tradition like we've talked about before. Yeah. But here's the Illuminates of Thanateros. This is from their website. The Illuminates of Thanateros, a.k.a. the Pact is the premier occult society of chaos magic, originally described as the spiritual heir to the Zoskia cultus. The IOT is focused on practical results, self-development, and personal evolution. Just as the name Sanatero suggests, we seek to triumph over the dualistic nature of occult philosophy through magical technology and technique divorced from cultural limitations. Our philosophy can be summed up by the phrase, nothing is true, everything is permitted. Whoa. Yeah. As presented in the book Liber Null and the Psychonaut, the perfection of magical technique and the produ- production of fruitful results takes primacy over mere philosophy and idle theory. We pride ourselves on being a close-knit community of magicians who embody the principles of daring, creativity, and action. We are not a melting pot, but rather a crucible that welcomes magicians of different backgrounds, races, genders, and sexualities to forward the tools of a new magical age. Hmm. There you go. Wow. There's a lot there. Yeah. There's a lot there that I find intriguing and fascinating, and there's a few things that kind of freak me out, like make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. What are the things that make you uncomfortable? Uh, nothing is true. Everything is permitted. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is permitted is not an okay statement for me. That feels like... Too, too, it's too, too free. free. Too free. Well, and you know, okay, everything is permitted <laughs> is, you know, sexual perversion permitted right. is, you know, because they do do uh, sexual magic. Part yes. of their, their process is very much of, you know, the, the tantric, but actual yes. physical sexual magic. So there's that. Is it okay to, you know, it, it again, we're, we're saying this in the sense that when you state that, you open yourself up to a lot of things that aren't necessarily what you would be thinking of right. when you say that, right. but it allows, literally, it gives permission for horrific things to be done. Right. 
Right. One of the things I found really interesting, and it says it here in uh, the magical technology, mm-hmm. is that there is a really big movement in chaos magic to use technology. So, you know, when I hear technology, sometimes technology gets used as a buzzword, especially in, in the reclaiming tradition of, of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Technology, like what the ritual technology, right? It can sometimes be used as a way to describe a specific priestessing skill. So I think in this terminology, technology takes on a couple of layers where it's probably that same thing. We take on the technologies of these different cultures and mm-hmm. and ritual processes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also they mean technology, like the Internet. Right. Right. A lot of... of Magic is done online, and there, if you are curious about magic and online, there is a lot of weird, interesting stuff yeah. about magic online, about making, a, like, I've putting spells out on YouTube mm-hmm. so that when your target watches it, they get, like, a hypnotic suggestion or the curse is delivered when someone watches. It's it's magical um, Trojan horse malware. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting, and there aren't. There's no law of three in chaos magic. There's no oh, fear of karma in chaos magic. Right. None. Of that whole concept. This is about practicing magic. Right. Period. That's it. You know, all about that. And you know, again, there's so many things. When I started reading the different people, yeah, that were, you know, I mean, obviously a part of this or intrigued by it like we we talk about Scientology and you know I mean obviously John Travolta is one of the you know people that just like everyone you know went oh Scientology now a celebrity right but there were celebrities that did chaos magic oh yeah and that fascinated me I was like whoa so I mean you know people but at that time it doesn't mean that I mean a lot of it was during the the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Right. All in that, that turning point. And then you get to the 80s, it becomes a little bit different. They, yeah. They shifted it. Yep. Yep. But, you know, William Burroughs and um, Robert Anton Wilson and people that were uh, writers and artists yeah. that were really into this this process called chaos magic that they were tapping into or offering things that from their perspective. Right. So. Right. Um, in Chaos Magic, the, the Gnostic state is a concept that Peter Carroll brought into Chaos Magic, mm-hmm. Gnosis, the Gnostic state. It's an altered state of consciousness, right? So this mm-hmm. is something that most folks are probably familiar with in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they borrow, again, Chaos Magicians use traditions and systems from many different faiths and, and processes. Right. But there are different ways of... Uh, achieving a Gnostic state. And there are three main ones that are used in chaos magic. One is inhibitory gnosis. This Mm -hmm. is like meditation, trance, Mm -hmm. breathing techniques, relaxation, hypnosis, sort of these sort of things. However, that's that's sort of more the the light, easy side of it. (laughs) Yeah. And meditation. Then there's kind of a deeper side, which is using fasting, sleep deprivation, um, hypnotic trance or hallucinogenics, drugs, right, using drugs. Then there is ecstatic gnosis, mm-hmm. which is arousal. 
Um, so this is like Alara was saying a moment ago, sexual arousal, um, tantra, uh, using intense emotion, using flagellation, which is whipping, mm-hmm. right? Um, dance, drumming, chanting, vent- hyperventilization, which really works for me. I gotta tell you. Yeah. No. It's a that's a that's a way to shift consciousness. Hyperventilation. Anyway, um, again, drugs. All right. So do you see a thread here of yes. hallucinogens? Woo! But, um, <laughs> and then indifferent vacuity, which is a process described by Phil Hine and Jan Fries. Um, this is, I don't understand this at all. So okay. I'm going to read it because I read it. When I found this concept, I was like, what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what that means. And I had to read it like four or five times, and I still don't understand what it means. Okay. Here, the intended spell is cast parenthetically, so it does not raise much thought to suppress it. What the fuck does that mean? Good point. The spell is cast parenthetically. What? I don't get it. (laughs) So someone smarter than me, uh, please tell me what that means. Write us as the wish of Reese's the Cauldron. I don't understand what that means. So I'm actually going to talk to Gwee on my partner about that later because I bet he'll understand it. It's so it's, it's such a it's a mind fuck of a concept. Well, the way, and, and maybe that's the point. Think yeah. about what you just said, and where do you go? So if you do a spell that you you know you intend to cast a spell, can you just intend to cast it, and thus it is casted, right? Right. Or the other part that this makes me think of is like the law of attraction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which it's kind of those those quiet thoughts in your head about, you know, oh, the, that, that negative voice. Oh, you're right. You're a failure. You're never going to achieve your goal. Oh, you're broke all the time. Oh, you'll never find right. love, whatever. And that, that, those are sort of parenthetical thoughts right. that pop up in your head and you don't have to work to suppress them because they just, they're there. But that's not magic I want to create. That's the magic I'm trying to heal or solve or shift Right? I don't know. But then the question what that would mean is can you take that yeah. and utilize it to short-circuit it? Sure. By doing it so much that you short-circuit. I will tell you one thing, and it's interesting because when we get to Discordia, there's, there's actually a mention of, of the situation that Wilhelm Reich and some of the things that they pulled from for that. But Wilhelm Reich's what the the core of how he worked with therapy and it was basically deep breathing right. but to the point of what would be considered in our world hyperventilating yeah. because what it would do is it would induce ex- excessive amounts of energy into the body through the breath and thus create a shift right so in truth yeah yeah that's kind of like, oh, okay, I got that one. That's real interesting. That That's a correlation to what, you know, in terms of where my entire world was when I was growing up was mm-hmm. around um, this whole philosophy. And, you know, that was what my father did, you know, as, as part of his world. And I found that interesting to see it here. Right. <laughs> you know, but in a different way. Yeah. But, yeah. So we've got... You know, gnosis, which obviously is knowingness. Right. All right. And then we have the fact that belief is a tool. Belief we is a tool. We talked about that already. Yes. Right. And then 
the multiplicity of self. Yes. Which I like this concept, the multiplicity of self, because this actually is a concept you can find over and over and over in other magical systems. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that it shows up in chaos magic because they borrow from other traditions. So basically it's right. the idea that we have these three selves, these three energies, and I'm going to use the words that describe it more simply than what it is here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So we have that child self, or sometimes it's called the fetch or the animal mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. Then we have our talking self or the ego, mm-hmm. right? And then we have our higher self or our spirit being. Mm-hmm. And and these three selves don't really communicate well with each other, so you have to trick them into right. communicating, right? right? So they work with this concept in, in chaos magic. And I'm going to just throw in a little side note about my personal feelings here for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, I know a lot of magicians in different forms and traditions, and I find the magicians, magicians, ceremonial magicians, chaos magicians, even um, Satanists and people who practice the, in the Church of Lucifer are very smart. Mm-hmm. They're very smart. However, I find that challenging. I The, the language that is used mm-hmm. in some of the writings for these groups is it feels like doublespeak sometimes mm-hmm. and, and it's very it's big words complicated sentences what i would say with like yeah that sounds good is like a paragraph of yeah that mm-hmm. sounds good mm-hmm. and i'm finding that in the writings of chaos magic it's really complicated language and i right. it, it's that's not for me mm-hmm. you know my brain i need to, i'm a simple person being <laughs> i need simple words well okay it's well, if you go, I think that, that that brings up a point of, of, it's an elitist point of reference. Mm, yes. Because if I am speaking all of these things and I've got this, I mean, it's not to say that somebody shouldn't show or be or take pride in their smartness, you know, their intelligence. But when you start making that this whole thing, what you're doing is saying, I'm here. Yeah. And, well, unless you catch on or you get it. You're not part of it, so you're over there. So, again, we're looking at, even though they tried to bust the concept of of traditional religions and magical practices and all that, they actually became one. Right. They have become one. Right. It is part of their own uh, downfall, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they then become... Well, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, then, you know, whatever. Right. And, right. I'm, and, you know, chaos, magic, and discordianism, really, which we'll get to in a little bit, is it is about the self. It's not yeah. necessarily a community or, you know, the, the, com- the communities online that I've found around yeah. chaos, magic, are more about sharing what I know and exchanging information, right. not necessarily looking for leadership. Right. Right. So it's it's very interesting. It's mm-hmm. it's not my cup of tea, but yeah. um, no, it isn't. But but it's I, interesting. It's it's fascinating because there's so many things. It's like for me, one of the things they talk about is that the intent overrides everything. Right. And I use that constantly mm-hmm. as as part of a foundation <clears throat> of doing the magical work. Right. Because of what I see and feel. And how I see the the parts of the 
spiritual path that I have chosen. Yeah. And when they happen, it's like they talk about you don't really know how much of the chaos magic, in air quotes, has infiltrated and already become a common occurrence in how the magical world, the spiritual world, right. um, the alternative, and even sometimes the more um, broad-based world out there is, you know, talks and acts and things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So. All right, should we take a break? Yes, we'll take so a break. So we'll talk about Discordia. Okay. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Kendallo's Corner with Kendallo Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Well, and we're back after that wonderful intermission. We're back, and uh, we didn't. We you know decided to not be chaotic and just end the show there and we all thank you. <laughs> See there we are. We're trying we were trying to think of a way to, to actually you know, live the system for a while, but then it became obvious that it would be rather um disturbing to our sponsors if we just sort of dropped it. Not sorry. <laughs> not sorry. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> so um they do have, I mean, again, I have found a lot of the different things that the Chaos Magic to maybe kind of finalize is that they have taken different things in, obviously, the different traditions and created their own. So just like we were talking at the beginning about creating your own system and creating your own banishing spell, they've also created a uh, way to overlap the the eight sabbaths and the eight colors of magic per carol and i mean obviously i can discuss this really quickly and and it's very you know simple as you have um yule which is they call it octarine and it's um the sun and it's around the paradox of play and festival and then you kind of go into um the imbol which is green it's love and sacrifice and spring and they uh tend to give you the sense that it's love magic, obviously. Mm. And then you go to um, spring equinox, which is the orange. And that one is, um, think actually they call it thinking magic. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. And then you go into Beltane, which is 
um, the purple. Now, it's interesting between love magic being green and purple being sex magic, mm-hmm. because obviously there's two their principles, and a lot sex and love are two different things. Right. Or compliments, I guess. Yeah. Midsummer is yellow, and that's basically ego magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Lamas is uh, red, and that's basically the um, agriculture and, you know, the uh, jambale corn and war. So it would be the magic of war. Interesting. Um, Autumn equinox is blue, and blue is basically health magic. And then Samhain, which is black, and guess what? Death magic. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you know they have a you know cute little color wheel and everything, and in some one of the the uh, websites that I was you know yeah. doing some of my research on. But uh, nice. yeah, so that kind of again it gives you a lot of different things that you can look at and maybe follow through or or find out how much of what you actually do in your daily mm-hmm. world right right is part of what this is. Yeah. So, so let's go to Discordia. Discordia. Oh yeah. So what I love about Discordia, and I think I really do love it, <laughs> is that in in 1963, two dudes named Greg Hill and Carrie Thornley <laughs> wrote a book, basically, yep. and they wrote it under the pseudonyms Malakalips the Younger and Omar. Kayam Ravenhurst. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. And there's a historian who has been keeping the, the history of Discordia, and that is Adam Go Rightly. Um, but these original two dudes, Greg and Carrie, or Malakalypse and Omar, right, created this as a parody of religion. Exactly. It, it was a big joke to make fun of traditional religion and to create this parody. Right. And some folks, modern folks who practice Discordianism, still believe it's a parody religion, uh, even though there are many who recognize it as a, a legitimate religion. So we have this interesting... Um, there's interesting energy here going on with pe- the founders making up kind of a joke. Right. And then people going, yeah, but that joke makes sense and we should, like, really do that. And isn't that what – I'm going to take a side note. Mm. Isn't that what has happened in situations where you have board games or card games, you know, yeah. Magic the Gathering, D&D, um, and there's several other different versions of things that people have taken and made into yeah. a belief system and a practice. Right. And they have oracle cards that they use, and, they, you know, there's whole situations that are based on this, um, excuse me, that become part of, what they started out was a game or yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, and the reality is everything was made up at some point by somebody. Right. So so the, these folks just recognized yeah, the, the, the way and the energy in which this was created. Mm-hmm. And it really fits into what the principles and the energy of Discordia is. Right. right? And and there are real deities that are used in, in Discordia. Eris is mm-hmm. the, the main goddess that they worship, the goddess of chaos. 
that's a real goddess from the Greek pantheon, which Discordia is the Roman version. Right. So that's how they kind of moved it over into that. But, yes, she is a real goddess. Yes. And so they believe that there is an, well, I'm not, an aneuristic yes. principle and an eristic principle. And eris is the eristic, the ruler of the eristic principle, at meaning disorder. Uh-huh. And aneris is the sister of eris, and she is order. Right. So the two of them bring chaos and order to the world. Uh-huh. And then later in Discordia's evolution, the two sisters were given a brother, and his name is Spirituality. So we have chaos, order, and spirituality. Okay. So I'm going to uh, interject a, a perceptive point of reference here. Yeah. We've gone from a dualistic, which chaos magic, mm-hmm. remember, is a deconstruction of the duality. Right. All right, so even though it's over there, and we have Discordia that kind of pulled the, the duality process into place, mm-hmm. and now we have the triad, mm-hmm. which takes it actually in a constructive way out of the dualistic point of reference right. to a, I can't say tri- triistic reference, tri- I don't know, that's a real word, but if yeah. it isn't, I just made up one. Yeah, yeah, the thing about Discordian that I don't like Mm-hmm is you don't have to have Discordianism as your only belief. You can practice anything that you want. However, Discordians encourage creating systems and cabals. Uh I don't like that. Uh If you want to create schisms and cabals and a bunch of drama bullshit in Discordianism, then Uh do that. But if that extends into other traditions, that's just being a dick. That's not actually – I just don't – I don't like that. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay. How feels about that? And that is the concept of rebellion. Right. And sure. Well, I'm not saying I agree with it. I know, but, but I hear that argument. And I see it in what happens in our world. Yeah. That there is chaos created or discord, and there is, but it becomes an agitated and what I feel angry. Right. expression of something that we could, in in truth, be less angry about as impassioned, but less angry. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I'm, and I know this is, a, again, we're back on, I, I threw a chaos thing in here. I'm, I'm seeing how they used to argue in, we'll say, the constitutional time of this country. Mm-hmm. They would sit and they would be impassioned and they would they would put their hand on the, yeah. you know, they'd slam it down. But did you see anyone, well, I'm not saying they didn't, but did you see people bulk-wise just take out guns and shoot the other person right. that they didn't like? Right. And I really feel that it's hard to have somebody say to you around you something that is horrific to you. Mm. But that other part of aneuristic is order. Right. So you've, you've got a responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this, what's interesting is in the, in, and I don't know enough to say whether this is actually a real Greek story or if this is the Discordian version of the story, uh, but Aneris and Eris are born of the void. Uh-huh. Right. So chaos and order are born of the void. Um, being and non-being. It's also sometimes how it's spun. Um, and Anaris, who is 
sort of the sterile and boring version is jealous of her sister Eris because she's born pregnant, existent and non-existent, right? Mm-hmm. So this is this is why life begins and ends. This mm-hmm. like right. So the the order is what brings death. Mm-hmm. Chaos is what brings life. Now that's interesting, right? I, I kind of like it. Um, but well, if you go with order being, if it, well, in my way of seeing it is that order, if it becomes too rigid, that is death. Right. Well, and we all are going to die. Yeah. So there is, that's not a chaotic, that's that's clear. That's, yeah. That is, that's order. Yeah. The law of, of living. Right. We will die. Yes. You know, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, another part of the story for Eris is what Discordians call the original snub. Which makes me think of the fairy tale of Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty. Right. The thirteenth fairy was not invited to the party. Right. Got pissed. Yeah. But here we have the same thing with Eris, who is supposedly not invited to a wedding. Um, Seeds Thetis and Peleus. I'm so bad with Greek. I apologize. Um, so she is not invited. And so she creates this beautiful golden apple yes. with the word kalisti written on it in Greek, which means the prettiest one. Ah. She rolls this apple into the wedding where there are lots of gods and there, a fight ensues. And I feel like that's also, isn't that a part of the story of like Helen of Troy? Or, yes, it is. Right? Isn't yes. It? Yeah. So, yes. So Eris is mis- supposedly very mischievous, and it's like, well, I'll show you, mm-hmm. fight me, mm-hmm. I'll create all of this chaos right, with this act. And there's, yeah. you know, the they have they have their humor. Mm-hmm. It it yeah, it does have tongue in cheek. It I does guess is the way I would say it. It does, and that is interesting. I was I was so taken by mostly Discordia when I got to that version of of my um, research. But I got the feeling that it felt like what we were watching was the whole kind of the gamers uh, out in the world Mm -hmm. that we now have uh, in the Internet or cyberspace. And it's not bad, and there's no judgment here in that sense, but I began to feel that this was the version before the technology got started. Mm And then people began to believe it. You can see that. And that was what was really fascinating is that it became something. So maybe it is the 20th, 21st century um, religion that that came out of all of this. What I find interesting is the way they view philosophy. Uh, There's this, they look at life as grids. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's all these grids that describe that give order to specific concepts. Mm-hmm. Right. The grid is is order. Order is the grid. And so a culture, a religion, a group of people all fit into a specific type of grid. And what philosophy does is compare different grids to each other. Mm-hmm. Right. So this grid, this group of people does it this way. This grid, mm-hmm. this group of people mm-hmm. does it this mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Compare and contrast. Where in Discordian, they consider all that to be illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all illusion. And, yes, there are lots of grids. Some are very pretty. Some are pleasant. Some are scary. But none of them is more true than another. Right. They're all equal in their in their truth. And I believe that. I, yes. think, I think things in opposition are both true. I, I, the law of paradox, I love that. Mm-hmm. But 
removing the grid, I think, I don't know that humans can do that. We, you need, like, I, so here's, I'm getting all esoteric. So I feel like discordia is almost a worship of the chaos, of Eris, of honoring the chaos. But you can't have chaos without order. They, they balance each other. So you really have to, and I'm not a discordian, so maybe there is this concept of, of um, both, right? Mm-hmm. Disorder is not bad or good. Order is not bad or good. They need each other. Mm-hmm. One can't exist without the other. Right, yeah. right. Anyway. Well, it is true. I mean, think of where we, the philosophies, the, the belief systems, the, you know, part of what they get into is, and it's very 60s, 70s, it's yeah, yeah. vibes, yeah. They have all these different terms for the the structure that yeah. they have. But, I mean, you do talk about that you hold two different things in, in you know, good and evil, mm-hmm. um, right and wrong, mm-hmm. day and night. You know, you still have your dualities to hold both at the same time. Right. It's the and and both process. That's enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whether it's through one or the other of the systems that we've discussed or others that we haven't gotten to yet, it is because we are and in both. Yeah. And yeah. the universe is and in both. Yeah, absolutely. So they have a <laughs> Discordian works include a number of books, not all of which actually exist. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. There are lots of books. The Prince of Discordia, which I have read, but I read it many years ago, and it was one of those things where I read it and didn't understand anything that I had read, right? Mm-hmm. Way over my head in language. Um, just, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, the Illuminatus Trilogy, right. which was first published in 1975, but it's become a major, um, a, a major volume of Discordian belief. Right. This, um, trilogy, and there's all these other texts, and they've all been rewritten by different practitioners, and mm-hmm. they have all of these specifically specific colored books. That, I don't know. It's this whole this level of stuff that is right. probably too deep for us to get into. Right. Um, the other thing I really like is uh, Operation Mindfuck or Ohm, which is a <laughs> important practice of being a Discordian, and this right. was developed by Carrie Thornley and Robert Wilson back in the late 60s. Um, and it, you have to read the Illuminatus Trilogy in order to find out more about what this is. Mm-hmm. I, I just love that. It's a good marketing tool. I know, right? <laughs> well, even Marco Adler yeah. um, wound up crediting Thornley with using the first using the pagan as a nature religion. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I know. I kind of went, now that sort of tweaks me because I thought that pagan was even farther back than... Right. Well, pagan was like, if, if we go back, pagan was like the uncivilized right. folks who lived out in the, the fields. The fields, right, the farmers and the uncivilized folk. And what's interesting is in the in the 60s and 70s, there are many people who try to take credit for the word pagan. Yes. Oberon Zell is one of the people yes. who says that he brought that word to modern witchcraft. So it's very interesting. There's lots of mm-hmm. there are lots of um, 
white dudes who were around at the beginning of all I love this. that. White dudes. I got it. Uh, who were, you know, the, who did a lot to write what our modern witchcraft, Wicca, paganism systems look like. They made up a lot of this shit. Which is what Discordia did. It's all about. It's all about. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not saying it, you know, it, we make up things to describe what we don't understand or want to understand yeah. and, you know, why the sun rose, right. why a woman got pregnant, why she bled every month and didn't die, right. you know, all of the things Magic. that, you know, like, wow. And, yeah, it's funny that you say that because, see, Marco Adler's there, but when I look at, you know, the different people that were interested, the names that they used, fascinating enough, Buckminster Fuller, Timothy Leary, yeah. Alistair Crowley, Wilhelm Reich, you know, yeah. um, Robert Anton Wilson. He got around a lot, obviously. You know, these are all guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? But you also think about whose voice was more likely to be heard in right. time. You know? Right. But it was the men's voices. And even if we look at some of these traditions of witchcraft or Wicca where there is a, a, a male-female duality or, or uh, whatever, um, Women are putting a lot into these systems, but the men are the ones that are getting published and getting accolades right. and remembered, right? Right. It's one of my my big pet peeves. I'm gonna I'm working on a whole thing around the the women of witchcraft. Right. Anyway, blah blah. Okay. This is my favorite thing. Okay. Discordia. Yes. The Discordian society felt that they needed opposition in order to be taken seriously. They needed some other structure or system out there right. that would be in opposition to their beliefs uh, that they could have conflict with, right? Uh, so they created their own opposition within the society that they call the Bavarian Illuminati. Again, Illuminati is all over the place with these chaos magicians and, and, and Discordians and Illuminati, blah, blah, blah. They built up myths. They created myths. About a war between the Discordian society and the Illuminati, and this became this kind of caught on, yeah. And it kept getting. It's like like you were saying. It's kind of like a D and D game. Yeah. It's like Dungeons and Dragons. They create this campaign. They begin to flesh it out, and then someone goes, "This would make a really good book," and that is where the trilogy came from. Right. And I and you can see that it was funny. I didn't read as much on in the actual books, because, yeah. you know, when we do this, we only have a limited amount of time with the rest of our life to try right. to get the research for the next week or what we're doing, so there are some things that kind of go by the wayside, but yeah. you get the feel. I just sat there reading this, and I'm going, okay, I can see where chaos magic, I could see some of what they're, I, I, I got, got that over here, Yeah. okay, but then I got to Discordia, and I'm going, you know... Two kids, teenagers, mm -hmm. who are also chaotic, by the way, in their own state of mind, we all know that as teenagers, um, created this whole thing as a joke, as a way to um, differentiate themselves from the structure of and order of what was going on. Right. Proceed to live it, yep. proceed to uh, envision it and move it forward and through their lives embody it in what they're doing. And we're looking at how things come about. So, yeah, they had to have something that was the opposite. Uh, 
it got a little bit testy, I'm sure, if you started saying Discordia versus the Catholic Church, you know, sure. their structure of the nth degree. Right. I know they, so they have to take it into, like, most of the things we see into the fantasy world, into mm-hmm. the science fiction yep. world, and create the dynamic. But then people begin to become it, right. live it, and take it seriously. And take it seriously. I mean, we yeah. talk about magic, and every once in a while we'll say it's not Harry Potter right. because people believe it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. And, and if you're curious and you want to learn more, um, the Historia Discordia is a compilation by Adam Goreilly. He's the historian of the tradition. Um, and it is a compilation of, of photos, art collages, tracks, works that were written by the founders. Uh, it contains um, a, the Honest Book of Truth Ooh. and the first edition of Principa Discordia. So it is, if, if you are interested in learning more about the goddess Eros and her sister Aeneris, not Eros, Eris, sorry, and her sister Aeneris, and all of these principles of randomness, Right. that's probably a good place to start. Right. And very last is one of the things they talk about are the five facets of Discordia mm. magic. And faces is their version of facets, and it goes, and we won't, we won't have time to go into it, but one is chaos, two is discord, three is confusion, five is bureaucracy and then uh, four is bureaucracy and then five is aftermath and each one of these has different types of magic and it's a it's basically a pentagon five pointed yeah so they kind of use that and then they got into a whole as i say there's all these uh, terms for different stages and things that we know we use in other magical practices yeah Good times. Nah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to just, I want to go out and buy my board game of Discordia. Yeah, right. And I'll, t- I'll get Chaos Magic, and I'll be sitting there trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing. I was never really very good in, in those games. For some reason, didn't didn't quite flesh out. You need fight. more, you need less chaos. Yeah, probably. I mean, I get cha- we get chaos in our life. Come on. Yeah. You get, you get kids, life, family. It just happens, man. It's just chaos. Fighting it. <laughs> blah, blah. Well, now, obviously, to say what we would have the fall- next week is in the future. Yes, ancestor. Ancestor. Yay. Why should you talk to your ancestors? Why would you bother? Do you really want to? <laughs> How can you? Uh huh. And more. And more. Yeah. All right. All right. Have Thanks a wonderful night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website 
and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.